This is The Dime. Dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is my right-hand man, Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Eric Levitt, founder of Pure Wisdom. Eric, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Absolutely. I'm doing great. Thanks, Brian. And thanks, Kellen, for having me. Excited to kind of dive in. Kellen, how are you doing today? Doing really well today. Uh, I think we just talked about earlier on the show how uh, we have, uh, or before the show started, how um, it's a West Coast person today. We got uh, a lot of Colorado love. I think Lev's in Colorado. So I'm in Colorado. We're going to bring the heat. West Coast, best coast. How are you, Brian? I'm doing good. <laughs> I still don't think we agree with the West Coast, best coast, but oh. that can be up for another time. So Lev, before we dive into the topics, I'd love for our listeners to get a little background about you and how you got into the cannabis space. Sure. Thanks. So I actually got into the cannabis space around five or six years ago. So I had a friend that lived uh, in Colorado that was going out to the West Coast to open up some THC manufacturing facilities. And so I went along for the ride. And that's kind of how I got my foot in the door of this whole thing. So for the first couple of years, we did THC processing and manufacturing in California and Oregon and Washington. And then that kind of transitioned over in 2018. I had an opportunity to join a large manufacturing company here in Colorado called Mile High Labs. And so I transitioned over to the hemp and CBD space and got a lot of experience and connections and contacts in my business development role for Mile High Labs for a couple of years. And so that was the start of uh, what's now turned into, you know, uh, launching and running my own business. Awesome. So before we kind of dive into that, was there ever any hesitation to kind of enter the cannabinoid industry? Obviously, uh, being out in Colorado, you guys have a little earlier head start, so you had to see kind of the newer space. But Kellen shared a couple of times about, you know, when he first got into the space, he wasn't sure if there'd be some longevity of him being in this in this industry. So from your standpoint, was there ever any hesitation to kind of dive in to the cannabinoid industry? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Again, uh, you know, we've been cannabis kids for a while, you know, long before this thing popped on the legal map, um, you know, just sort of going to college in Boulder and, and growing up in Colorado, it has been around and prevalent. And so I think sort of seeing that side of it for many, many years before this popped onto the legal roadmap. Yeah, there was always a little bit of apprehension. Um, you know, you knew that Colorado was sort of trailblazing. Um, in a sense with where they were going with it. But I think that we were always a little bit hesitant to, you, you didn't want your name on a list. Um, let's put it that way. And so for a handful of years, you wanted to make sure that this thing actually took off and, and you know, you weren't watching, you know, all your buddies getting hauled away for things. And so I think that, you know, after three, four years of just this thing taking off and being so successful, it was finally time to sort of come off the sideline and, and to get involved with this because we've had love for this for a while. That's really well said. Let's talk about Pure Wisdom. Tell us about the company, the brand, and and kind of the name behind it. How did how did that get started? Sure. So, well, you know, I mentioned that I, I had a executive role at Mile High Labs for a while, and and what it did is it put me in a position to with a lot of companies, both in the cannabis and hemp space, but also in the finished goods space and in the functional ingredient space and in pharma and in health and wellness. And so you, you sort of saw a much bigger uh, opportunity than maybe what we were doing at the time. So just to kind of backtrack a little bit, Mile High Labs was really primarily when they started just a bulk ingredient uh, supplier. 
And when you started to see other form factors and finished goods and ways people were putting out products and putting out brands and, and so on and so forth, you started to sort of see where there were gaps and opportunities. And so that's kind of where it all started was just sort of watching from that lens and seeing that there were some opportunities that people weren't really tapping into using more mainstream methods of delivery and using a little bit, you know, sort of less cannabis branding, so to speak, and a little bit more, you know, looking at it from a health and wellness. And so, so that's kind of where the thing all started. You know, as far as where the name Pure Wisdom came about, I, I, I wanted to try and create something that spoke to the integrity of the ingredients that we were using. And that this was kind of next level technology that we were applying towards these cannabinoids and other functional ingredients. And so, you know, I have a good buddy who lives down in Crested Butte. His name is Scott Reamer. And Scott has been insanely helpful and involved with helping guide the uh, creation of this. And so between putting our heads together, Scott and I came up with pure wisdom because we thought that that, you know, kind of spoke to the direction that we wanted to take the brand and the things that were most important to the brand itself. I think that's so well said because obviously separating yourself from the peers is, is extremely challenging. When, and when consumers were unfamiliar with a the brand, they, they read a label the, the title and the name of the company has to connect with them really instantaneous in order to kind of give it a second look in order to, to elaborate whether or not this is going to be a product I'm going to select. So Kellen, going to your side, obviously, Eric's done an amazing job kind of positioning that with the CBD space being so challenging, which one of the products in your opinion, do you think kind of separates and kind of expand in that area? One product in particular is I'm a fan of actually, and it is the product with uh, lion's mane mushrooms in it. I'm always trying to get better. You know what I mean? I kind of read a lot of self-help books and those kind of things and nootropics, right? Is that how you say it? Anyone agree, right? Nootropics is no the... Do you know what I'm talking about when I say nootropics? Nope. Yes. I do not. All right. So I knew love it because it's... In his, I mean, sure. <laughs> it's in his product, right? <laughs> no, but nootropics are the use of chemicals found in nature to help with your cognitive function, right? And lion's mane's long been one. I don't, is it from uh, Chinese herbal medicine? Is that where it originated from? Are you, do you yeah, know I that? Mean, I, I just know that humans have had a relationship, like a symbiotic relationship with mushrooms for thousands of years. Yeah, totally. And so I don't know where it exactly traces back to, but I know that it's been used as a source of not only food, but medicine and you know many other ways that it has benefited humans long, long, long before any of us were even you know around. And so that was sort of you know one of the main reasons why I wanted to pull that in as one of the first functional ingredients. There was a lot of people doing things with you know the ashwagandhas of the world and melatonins and things like that. And so again, and and we can get into this more in a little while, but in the spirit of just differentiating, but using stuff that we're all familiar with and is already starting to become, you know, very routine. That was sort of the reason why we pulled in things like lion's mane, cordyceps, and reishi mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, I think it's incredible because the biggest tout regarding CBD is anti-inflammatory, right? Um, and so if you pair an anti-inflammatory agent with something that needs to be absorbed, does that, I would imagine it increases bioavailability of those kind of active chemicals that are in lion's mane that provide the 
cognitive benefit that everyone's looking for. So I think it's honestly a brilliant combination. How did you kind of settle on lion's mane from uh, an ingredient to include? Had you taken lion's mane previously without CBD and then you're kind of experimenting? Kind of walk yeah, us through I, that whole process. Yeah, that it's a great question. And, and so I had definitely done some research and had definitely been experimenting sort of, you know, I think that we're all somewhat of, you know, like kitchen scientists where you know, you combine a couple things and, and you try it out. And so there, um, you know, I, I was turned on to sort of the the host defense and Paul Stamets and, and everything that they were doing with, um, with putting out uh, supplements and putting out various mushrooms and things like that. And so from an immunity standpoint, and um, I had taken a few of these. And so that's kind of where it all started. And then, you know, and just sort of looking at what each of these various uh, mushrooms contributes or the various benefits it gives you. Some of them align really well with some of these other minor cannabinoids that we are um, talking about and that we're formulating with. And so once you sort of put all the pieces out on the board, it was sort of easy to see who paired up well together. And so to your point, when we're looking at something that is designed for cognitive benefits and focus and energy, you know, lion's mane sort of fits that uh, description really well. And then so does CBG. And so, you know, pure wisdom is not only CBD. Um, You know, obviously, there are other minor cannabinoids that provide tremendous amounts of benefits. And so in the one that you're specifically talking about, CBG and lion's mane kind of take, they ride in the front seat of that. And they pair up very well together because it's super cognitive and, and, you know, focused. I want to learn more about like the formulation period, right? So you're talking about how they they work really nicely together. Take us through like how you figured that out. Was that trial and error? Was that continuous research? Because that's a challenging puzzle piece you're putting together, right? You've got three variables. You're trying to figure out how well they play together. And then you're trying to kind of align them together and be like consistency standpoint. We think this is a good match for a, a general user going forward. So take us through the formulation experience. Sure. So, um, well, so I'm based out of Denver, Colorado, and Pure Wisdom has a co-man here in, that's located in Denver. And so I have access to some food scientists. And, and these are guys that came from, you know, the pharma world. And, but they have, you know, every, it's a GMP facility that has every, you know, tool and bell and whistle that you need. And so a lot of it was sitting down with these guys and, front of a whiteboard and sharing, you know, ideas of what I was looking to accomplish and, and, you know, then going out and sourcing the ingredients and make sure we're vetting it and getting it from, you know, companies that meet all of those requirements. And then a lot of it was trial and error and putting together, you know, uh, 10 different sort of dosages or amounts and seeing what that sweet spot is. And so there was a lot of sort of guinea pigging going on where uh, not only myself and, and, but, you know, friends and family were, you know, given a couple different, you know, labeled jars and saying, Hey, try this for a few days, try that one for a few days and, and, you know, share your feedback on which one of the numbered jars had the most impact and, and then sort of quote unquote tabulating those results and seeing where it came in. And, and, a lot of the things that we had hunches about, you know, proved to be true. You you can look and see what's on the market. You can kind of see where sort of recommended dosage amounts are falling. And, you know, from there, you just extract what people like and where what feedback is on that. And, and so, 
you know, one common theme that you hear a lot from people that take CBD, which is also aggravating and it's motivating is, is, gosh, I don't really know if it's working, you know, sure. I take it. And, you know, and then you say, well, what does it do for you? And then you sort of get this look of, gosh, I, I, I have a hard time really, you know, quantifying what it's doing or, or, or verbalizing it because I don't necessarily know. And so one thing I wanted to make sure is that we were putting together a product that you would feel and you would you would feel the benefits right off the bat and you would know that it's doing something and fortunately the majority of all the feedback if not all of it is you know it's extremely positive but that's sort of how we put this puzzle together was through a little bit of you know R&D and trial and error and just sort of landing on that one that made people feel the best and that they gave the best feedback on i have a question about that formulation process so some of the products include CBG, right, which is a, a minor cannabinoid, and and those who work in the industry are familiar with it. Was there like a an educational process associated with providing those formulations to your kind of sample set of individuals or guinea pigs, if you will? Uh, without um, a that doubt, you had to explain what CBG was. Without a doubt, and it's probably the biggest challenge that. I face today and I will continue to face is the education side of things. And so, you know, I take for granted or we take for granted, I live in a state that is very, very advanced and familiar with many of these cannabinoids. So not only THC, but also CBD and, you know, minors and what the entourage effect is. And so to us, that's just very common and in reality, when you zoom your microscope out, like, you know, out of the city or out of the state and you poll a larger audience, a lot of people don't even know what CBD is. <laughs> you know, does it get you high? Does it, you know, I'm scared to take it. Is it, you know, am I going to get arrested? Is it legal? Is it, you know, so, so you have to start at, you know, sort of square one with this and really educate people. So to your point, yeah, when you start to get into minors like CBG and CBN and, you know, whether it's CBDA or just CBD and why is it A and how is it activated? And yeah, there's a really large piece of education with it. And so a lot of it, you know, there's a trust factor in this. And, and this is where being so deep rooted in regulatory and compliance and building a company that is founded on doing things the correct way and doing things the GMP way and sourcing, you know, legit ingredients, all of that is in order to build that trust with uh, the consumer to show them that, hey, I'm not screwing around here. And this is, you know, tried and true and tested, um, you know, ingredients. And we're putting this together the right way. But yeah, to answer your question, it definitely involves some education and explaining that, hey, this is sort of like a, you know, little sister or brother or big brother to CBD. And, you know, here are the effects that it has. And, you know, and then the easiest way was, hey, start with the smallest dosage one. It's always easier to add to something as we know, and you know, than it is to kind of take things off. And so that's kind of how uh, it started. And that, that was how I sort of shaped the messaging around this. So many important points that you hit on from like the messaging, from the educational standpoint, I, I just like, can't, can't reiterate that enough, like how important the role you're playing and the challenges you face with educating consumers, because here in the East Coast, face it often, I bought this product, Ryan, will I get high? And it's like, where'd you buy it? And it's like at the gas station. 
unlikely then, right? Like, let's just put the piece of the puzzle together and think about this logically. And that's where it gets even more challenging because they buy these CBD-based products. And like you said, Eric, they go, I don't feel anything. And then when they don't feel anything, they start to assume random thoughts of, was this produced the correct way? Why not? Like, And it starts going down a bad tangent rabbit hole. And I, I think what you're doing from a messaging standpoint and a patient standpoint of building it the right way, I, I think is really going to help separate yourself. But I want to kind of continue on the same conversation. And I want to know, when you consume the product, is there an expectancy from a time to start, quote unquote, feeling the product start working? And if so, how long do you think the product will last in duration? Sure. It's it's a great question. And, and you know, as far as how much time you should allow before you feel it. Um, and, and, and again, so the Pure Wisdom products have a little bit larger of a dosage than the majority of the mainstream on the uh, products on the market today. And again, the, the, the reason for doing that was I'm a big believer that you need a little bit more um, from a milligram standpoint for it to really take effect and do something. Um, and so that, again, it's, it's, gosh, I don't know if it's really doing anything. I, I didn't want to run into that because this is far too powerful of a molecule to just sort of be dismissed of, ah, oh, I tried CBD and it didn't really work or do anything for me. I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think it's being administered right. And so that was one reason that, you know, we're starting with 50 milligrams as a, you know, suggested uh, serving size was because you want it to do something. To answer your question, I think if you give it about 45 minutes or so, it's taking effect. And again, the reason I know this is because we have all kinds of dissolution data and studies that show you when this is getting absorbed into your blood plasma. And so it helps when you have all of this data to sort of corroborate exactly what you're feeling and to say, gosh, this is, you know, I am feeling it. And look, there it is in, in my blood. And so, you know, you touched on something. You, you also asked us uh, another question that was, you know, how long does it last? And, and this was sort of the other key foundational piece of pure wisdom was the differentiator between what we're doing is it's extended release. So it's, it's a time release capsule. And the reason it is, is because CBD as I don't know if a lot of people know this has a really short half-life in your body when you take it, meaning you take it and it is fully absorbed in about 75 to 80 minutes, meaning you're no longer getting a dosage of it anymore. And so now you're kind of on the way down. And listen, that might be another reason why people say, I don't know if it's doing anything because it kind of did it. It came and went before you even knew it. And so the technology that we're using with Pure Wisdom is... Time release, it's extended release. And so through that dissolution study that we that we have and that we've run a few times, you're still getting a dosage at hour five, at hour six. It starts to taper off at hour six. But the way that we're formulating and constructing this, you are getting a consistent dosage for those first five or six hours. And so this is something that's going to give you benefit for five, six, seven hours before you start to say, huh, I think I need to take a little more. Hey, you know, it's time for dinner. I think that's so well said. And Kellen, I want to talk about the story at MJ Biz when we were running on fumes, we were exhausted from the show, and we were just looking around each other in the room being like, all right, we need to get another second boost. And like you pulled out the 
the capsules and we're so grateful that you had them this moment. And Eric, I'm going to be completely transparent. Before I took it, I was hesitant. I was like, I've took hundreds of these products. Most of the time I feel nothing, especially when on the label, it says so clearly energy focused boost. So I was like optimistic and trusting you that it would work, but also hesitant at the same aspect that like, is this going to help me? I'm so tired in this moment. We popped it. We went to another networking event. And I remember looking at Kellen at the event and being like, I'm back, dude. Like, I got a second wave. I feel good. Like, it, it absolutely works. And I wanted to text you in that moment how excited I was. But granted, knowing the time it was, it would have been rude to wake you up. But Kellen, I mean, given given that story and understanding the challenges, like, do you think consumers who would try Eric's product would have a different approach if they might have had, let's say, an off-putting experience the first time? Yeah, definitely. And I think that honestly, the off-putting experience is more common than I think people make out just because of the fact that it is a very new industry still. And there is a lot of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed people out there who want to kind of get involved and they just jump in and they move fast and break things, right? And so there's a lot of products out there that like, like, like you mentioned, your buddies who are buying stuff at the gas station who might not even have CBD in it, right? And so I think that there's a lot of experiences like that where people finally, they've seen CBD around enough. They go, okay, I'll buy some and try it. They don't vet the, the brand enough and they get a bad batch of product that potentially doesn't have the dose it says in it or doesn't even have any CBD in it. And they have a negative experience with CBD. But I think that <clears throat> that's where individuals like Eric are poised to really help um, the whole industry um, with the fact that uh, with experience comes the understanding of how to manufacture these products, right? Um, They're new products. So the manufacturing industry isn't as solidified as say, some other nutraceutical out there if you wanted to launch like a melatonin brand, right? For sleep aid, you could just call up a nutraceutical lab and there's uh, an entire set of CGMP regulations in place, which for the listeners who aren't familiar with CGMP, it means common good manufacturing practices. And, and Eric kind of brushed over that a couple of times during this talk. And I don't think that he gave it enough uh, gravity, right? Because at the end of the day, there's a ton of manufacturing facilities out there that are producing cannabinoid products that are not CGMP certified. And it's actually very rare for these manufacturing facilities to have that accreditation currently. What's the benefit for our listeners unfamiliar? What's the benefit of being CGMP? Led, you wanna you wanna dive into that or you want me to elaborate on that? Uh, go for go for it and then I'll fill in the gaps. That'd be awesome. Deal. So CGMP means that there is a set method for manufacturing the product that is followed every single time. And that includes specific testing protocols and Mainly, it includes a third-party vetted quality management program where they've shown to a third-party subjective entity that they're manufacturing what they say they're manufacturing from a concentration perspective and a dosage perspective. And they're following kind of traditional either nutraceutical or pharmaceutical guidelines to produce chemicals that don't have contaminants that are going to be detrimental to consumers. Did I miss anything left? No, I, I, I think you nailed it. Listen, it's... Uh, this stuff has been around forever. These are FDA, uh, you know, regulations that are put in place and they're put in place to ensure the safety of the consumer. And so there are many checks and balances throughout the process where your ingredient and your way of doing things are 
you have to do it a certain way and you are tested by a third-party lab. So whether it is bringing in ingredients to your facility and making sure that, hey, what you're bringing in meets what is exactly on the label and you know the way you're doing it and testing a finished product to ensure that if you're saying that it has 20 milligrams or 50 milligrams, that the finished product has exactly that and it's through an accredited lab. And, and so it's really just sort of holding you to a standard that is going to give everybody the best chance for success and, and, and to put everybody at peace of mind that this is done the correct way. And, you know, we're not cutting corners just to save some money on costs and we're not cutting corners to save money on time. Um, you follow these steps and, and you know, that's sort of what the uh, 111, 117, whether it's, you know, for a dietary supplement or food and drug, those are the various standards. These are the type of standards that I think consumers come to expect from other industries. But in our industry, that it's not yet mandatory, I think the assumption is still that it happens. And I wonder if that's going to be a big myth that kind of has to get dispelled over time. That You know, I think that that's one of the main reasons why you hear people constantly pushing for this regulatory pathway and guidance from the FDA is because until they clearly define what that is, people can cut corners and people can, you know, uh, be a little bit cute with how they want to do things. And so until there is that sort of spelled out pathway and, and rules and regulations, you don't have to do that. But again, in sort of how I got into this industry, it's sort of, quote unquote, how we were raised. And, and you, you do this this way because when this really gets going, you are going to be in a position to really be successful and, and you're not going to have to change things and go backwards. You know, if, if, if you start this off and raise the bar really high from the get-go, it's only going to contribute to the success of the product and the company and, and help others on the way. And, and the industry, right? Because I think that that mentality is something that the industry lacked at the beginning of uh, the end of prohibition, if you will. There's a lot of people that just jumped in being like, oh, I'm going to hang out for a year and be a millionaire and I'll just peace out and have my little extra strategy. And they cut all the corners they could to increase margins and, and all of those things. So that poor mindset, a lot of individuals early on in the industry, I think led to kind of a bad taste in investors' mouth and kind of the bad taste for the industry in the first few years when legalization was kind of uh, getting rolling. So I think that that is something that's overlooked a lot from a... Uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint perspective. It's an yep. expensive investment, right? Like that's the one aspect I think why people kind of go the other way. They're like, well, I don't need to do this and it's expensive. And in an industry that's kind of cash strapped, it's easier to look the other way. And I'm not saying it's the right way to do it, but that's likely why. So before we kind of dive into some of the other products, Lev, I want to know, what was one of the challenges that you faced in setting up pure wisdom that an everyday person would not know about? Sure. Well, you know, we touched on one of them, and that is it's education. It's 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 the message. So that's one of them is you have to remember who your audience is. And with something like CBD and hemp-derived products, the audience is basically everybody in, you know, the United States. You know, there might be one or two outlier states that don't necessarily want you shipping it or driving it through or this or that. But for the most part, um, we can ship anywhere in the US and, and even many countries internationally. And so it's understanding who that audience is and tailoring a message or tailoring 
multiple messages because like you said, maybe up in the Northeast, a lot of folks don't even know what it is. We're in Colorado. Okay. You know, they might be, you know, uh, a little bit more advanced, but they might not know some of the nuances of minor cannabinoids like CBG and CBN. So one of the biggest challenges is tailoring the message for who the audience is. The other is because there is not sort of federal guidance on this, this is still viewed federally as illegal. And so when it goes to marketing a product, I can't pay to play in the sense of, okay, this is when you're bootstrapping a company and you're starting it on your own and this and that, you can use tools like social media. You can use the Instagrams and the Facebooks of the world and you can kind of pay to play. And what I mean by that is you can pay to boost uh, an ad, a promotion, a message and get it to a much larger audience. In this case, you still can't do that because there is still this gray area of what hemp and CBD is. And so back to your point of what's an everyday challenge or the biggest challenge, it's things like that. It's having to do things really organically and sort of get your message out that way versus being able to have a marketing budget and apply this monthly spend to getting it out to a certain part of the country. And so... Those are, you know, some of the everyday challenges. Obviously, the easy ones to talk about are things like banking. You know, that that's a nightmare. That's <laughs> also a nightmare. hard, though. <laughs> it is. And and listen, I read your guys' playbook, your monthly playbook, and and I'm obviously not the only person that is feeling those challenges or pains. One of the consistent messages that you guys drive home, and and it's awesome, is hey, we really need to do something for all of these companies out there and for the sake of the industry and get things like banking and financial things in place and get some of these other sort of regulatory guidances in place so that everybody can be treated like any other business or company out there. I mean, it's frustrating as hell when, you know, we pay taxes like every other business and we're treated like every other company, whether it's, you know, a vitamin company or a pharma company or a food company, but yet they don't afford you all of those, you know, benefits in the form of, you know, hey, go into this bank or, hey, open this account or, you know, even if it's Venmo or PayPal, you know, they look at you like you're a bad guy. And so that part is, uh, it's challenging. It's aggravating and challenging. The the list of challenges is almost endless, right? You're going through like a real one with the marketing and then also, you're like, by the way, banking too, also super hard. And it just kind of like spirals out of control. And maybe this is a bad analogy, but for some of our listeners that are unfamiliar with how hard it is, it's like being a construction worker and not being able to use like a hammer or a screw or like a drill, right? And like, this is how it works. This is what we've always done in marketing. And they're like, oh, by the way, you can't use any of these tools. And by the way, you can't do banking and it also is illegal. So all these other areas just makes it so much harder. So I guess then yeah, we have like... Yeah, go. It's like we, we we talked about doing things by the book and doing things the right way. And, you know, we spent a few minutes talking about, you know, CGMP and, and you know, so, so staying true to that. But then when other areas of your business, um, you know, you sort of have to bend it a little bit here to do your banking or bend it this way to, you know, send out a marketing message or, you know, in, in some ways you want to be very traditional. And in other ways, you really got to get creative in order to keep this thing afloat. What's the the next set of products on the roadmap? Is there any ones that you can share with us? Is there any ones you're really excited to or any any future opportunities there? 
Yeah, you know, right now we're just sort of iterating on sort of the key ingredients and the things that we have out there now. And so I can see bringing in a few more adaptogen ingredients, functional ingredients, things like that. And, you know, we look at different delivery methods, different form factors. So, you know, playing around with whether, you know, right now, these are capsules and, you know, there might be an opportunity for tablets down the road. There might be um, an opportunity for stick packs or drink mixes. Because again, Pure Wisdom is a, you know, it's extended release powder that is going into capsules. And so there might be some other form factors or things like that. But really right now, I don't want to overcomplicate it. I still want to take sort of this core foundation of products and get it out to the larger audience before we really start to get fancy with it. And, you know, I'm a big believer in sticking to one thing and making it really good versus, you know, having, oh, we got topicals and we got gummies and we got soft gels and we got, you know, mints and hair shampoo. And so we're, we're going we're gonna to keep it simple with this for a little while and really kind of get some traction going. And then we'll, you know, sort of then build onto it. Arnold, I was really looking forward to the hair shampoo line that you're <laughs> I could use it, you know? <laughs> You're looking good today. The pure wisdom bath salts can come out next, right? <laughs> People start consuming those and be like, I- "I'm hallucinating." Well, I mean, I-, I mean, we're I mean, we're making a joke about it, and obviously, but when you look at the industry, there's a bazillion companies out there, and there, and Solid. everybody is putting CBD into everything, and so again, it's it feels very wild, wild west still because. There's no regulation into, hey, you really need to do it this way. And and I'm not saying that, you know, and making a joke that the shampoo idea wouldn't work or that, you know, the toothpaste wouldn't work. But we're trying to stick to ways that are more widely familiar and accepted and sort of tried and true. And that's why, you know, at least in in our world, we're keeping it simple with capsules. I have a, a random question before we uh, move on to the next topic, Brandon. My question, or uh, Brian, my question is, the entourage effect. So are you, Lev, do you believe that the entourage effect is also in play with the addition of like lion's mane and some of these other ingredients? Yeah, it's it's a great question. There, there is a hundred percent synergy between. So um, I, I use the word synergy because now we're pulling in other ingredients besides just cannabinoids. But yeah, when it's cannabinoids only, hell yeah, there is a entourage effect when you know, the little brothers and sisters of, you know, CBG and CBN. And and in large part, when there is a little bit of THC in the product, and just to clarify, there is zero THC in Pure Wisdom products today. But in past experience and understanding how these things work, when there is that little bit, yeah, it acts as a spark. Uh, everybody, quote unquote, plays better or their performance is, um, you know, more true to what they're supposed to do. Because again, if you extract this, you're extracting this plant and when it is in its truest sense and you're not sort of adulterating or changing or removing things or whatever, that's in its truest form how it is in nature. And so there is a spirit to keeping this as honest and true to how nature has it intended. And so, yeah, when when there are more cannabinoids together and everybody is playing in harmony, there is definitely an entourage effect. And then building on it, and you're adding in things like mushrooms or other ingredients, there is definitely synergy. And these things play off of each other. Now, 
Do I have data to show this and back it up? I don't because it's in its infancy. But I can tell. But I can tell you that when the lion's mane and the CBG and the CBD are all together, yeah, they're definitely playing off of each other and 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 helping one another. That's a great question, Kellen. I have that on my list too. So uh, yes, <laughs> hats off to you for reading my my sheet. I didn't even know you, you had that. You guys are amazing. <laughs> I looked. I was like, did I share that sheet with you? I don't. No, think I you did. didn't. No, I, I, was I know. Say something. Yeah, that's because that's, that's the question I wanted to ask. But I guess we we don't need to ask it. So well said. Lev, since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been the biggest misconception? You know, it's a great question. Um, I'd say one of the largest misconceptions with this whole thing is that is that this is made and works for everybody. Okay, like there's so much CBD stores out there and whatever, and and sure it could have a benefit for everybody, but this isn't necessarily made for everyone. I think that there are, you know, you you need to be at the right sort of frame of mind. You need to be at the right place in life for you need to have an open mind first and foremost, because with other types of health and wellness products, there is a boom, you try it and the thing turns blue or the thing turns red, huh? It worked. You, you need to understand how this works. And so a misconception is that, you know, hey, this is this will work for everybody and this will cure you and make you taller and make you smarter and make you this. And, and so I think just understanding that, hey, this works a little bit differently for everybody. And Listen, everybody's got some kind of inflammation, whether it's something growing on, you know, the side of your head or whether it's inside your body or whatever. Everybody's got something going on in their body. And so it helps with whatever is aggravated or whatever is, you know, in your body. But as far as, hey, will it have the same benefit on everyone? The answer is no. It, It does something a little bit different to everybody, but in a good way. Can you use the products as like an everyday supplement, like a multi-purpose vitamin? So that's how we've constructed and formulated them to be a daily supplement. And so at least with the current SKUs that we have, there is a product that is designed for the morning. And so again, there are a lot of people that love to just pound cups of coffee in order to get going. And I could see just from your reaction that uh, you must be a gava junkie. Uh, I mean, you know, Kellen, like he is a Starbucks fiend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so, you know, there is, this is designed as a daily supplement. So there is one to start your day off and to kind of give you that little pep in your step. And that's the one with the lion's mane and the CBG. There is an all day one that is just meant to sort of take the edge off and just to kind of remove the anxiety. Listen, we're in a day and age where things are tougher and crazier and wackier than ever right now. And so there is extra stress and there is extra just sort of mental discomfort. And so that's kind of what was the impetus to create this whole thing was to get away from taking, you know, a lot of these readily available opioids that are all over the place that are just so easy access to, but that are so damaging in the long run to your mental health and wellness. And so not to get off on that tangent. And then there's one for the evening. And so there's people that have a hard time sleeping, staying asleep, falling asleep. And so we design one for the evening as well that uh, focuses more on rest and kind of daily recovery of the body. And yeah, I, I take two of the three every day. And that's kind of like my regimen along with, you know, some other uh, vitamins and supplements. And that's my routine. Before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, 
If you can sum up your experience in the cannabinoid industry for a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? You know, uh, that's a great question. I thought when you were talking about predictions, we were going to talk about, you know, week 16 football picks and things like that. Predictions are next, but we will not, I, I we will not talk excited. about football. I got very excited. That's why I thought I was on this uh, show. Unfortunately. Um, but no, the, the, you know, the takeaway is there's a lot of different ways to do this. And, you know, when I got into it in the cannabis space, there's a lot of corners that can be cut. And I think the takeaway is, is when you do this right, and it's like with anything in life, when when you do it right from the get-go, there's less things that you got to worry about down the road. You just build it correctly the first time. And then you know that it will stand uh, no matter sort of what regulation and guidance and, and sort of rules come into it, it's built with that already in place. And so I think just approaching it the right way and doing it honestly and building it as something that, hey, you're comfortable with your family taking this and, and your friends taking it. That's kind of the biggest sort of thing that I would pass on is, yeah, there might be a quick way to hit it, but you know, is that really the right way? And is, is that really the honest way? And just kind of having that integrity as you're building this along the way, I think is something that I would, you know, highly recommend. That's beautiful. All right, prediction time. Eric, which cannabinoid use case or quote unquote effect, those are air quotes for those who are listening, do you think will be the first to be mass adopted? And if I did mangle that question, an example would be sleep, Focus recovery, which area do you think will be the first to be mass adopted with the cannabinoids? That's a great question. Uh, as I look into my crystal ball and more just with the experience that I've had in the last year of launching this company, it seems like the most feedback and the biggest thing is around CBG. So, you know, C- CBD was the first one out there because, again, when you extract the hemp plant, it's the one that's most readily available. It's the one that there's the most of it. And so that's kind of why it's leading the charge. But as far as, and again, this is just a complete, you know, hunch, but but CBG, when it's around, really promotes a lot of uh, the, the feeling that it gives the body, the feeling that it gives the mind is it's in line with all of the things that kind of humans are quote unquote already I don't want to use the word addicted to, but loving, you know, it's, it's the same feeling as caffeine. It's the same feeling, you know, I mean, again, caffeine is a plant. It started off very, you know, it's, this is stuff that they've been taking for thousands of years and has kind of shaped the way that our country acts and works. And, and so it falls in line with that. And so that one's sort of an easy guess and just sort of seeing what humans gravitate to and and where they spend their dollars already. But, you know, I will say that when we can figure out something that works for sleep for everybody, that will probably be the big one, just because I think everybody has trouble sleeping. And the older you get, the worse it gets. And so if there is a magic capsule or something that really, really works for everybody, all shapes and sizes and this and that, that's probably going to have the biggest impact. So I'm going to hedge my bet with and answer it with two different ways, um, you know, just to play it safe. That was a good uh, second answer. You know, yeah, goes, I mean, I mean, listen, 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that's totally my answer. <laughs> you, can, you can put some money on that square. There, yeah, I'm gonna. That's, I'm a, gonna, that's a locked in one. We're gonna scoot some over. I'm gonna drop my bet right there too. I think it is. I think CBN. Honestly, I think the dosage as well as the purity and as the manufacturing protocols that are being implemented for the production of CBN on a wholesale perspective. I think that that'll become more, more and more adopted. And I do think CBN anecdotally does help with sleep. I think that potentially if you pair it with melatonin and some other chemicals that it could have that kind of synergistic reaction that uh, Pure Wisdom is already um, putting together with some of the other cannabinoids and some of the other uh, active nutraceuticals out there. So that's my guess. What, what's your prediction, Brian? Yeah, the sleep is 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 the free square, right? Like let's all <laughs> let's all just admit that if someone can solve that problem, that's a billion they get dollar. To, I mean, they get is, to retire with a yacht. I think they I solve that. Say, like Jeff Bezos size <laughs> yacht. Like I mean, that is like the probably one of the that. <laughs> um, that's got to be one of the number one like most faced issues, probably universally across the world. Is that as the older you get, people sleep and and people lean on anything they can to help that. I mean, I can speak on experience. My mom would do anything if she could guarantee like a good night's sleep on a regular basis, and has tried so many different products. And at a certain point, I think she's almost given up to think like she's just never gonna have a good night's sleep. And mom, if you're if you're listening, which you likely are not, you got to figure it out eventually and try one of Eric's products. And Pure Wisdom would be happy to uh, send your mom a care package and she could try these out and listen, if it works for her, then, then I'll start asking her to make posts on Instagram. Yeah, me. she'll definitely <laughs> make the post, but you'll have to send this to her offline because there's a very good chance she's not listening to this podcast. But the one that I'm going to take is going to be the, the fitness recovery aspect. I, I think like you were saying, Eric, like, the pain and the inflammation as people kind of age it is going to be one of those where it's going to continue to move in that route where they're going to want to have a replacement for the opioids or the Advil and the anxiety induced experience like you were facing is another one that that I think is a, an emerging one. So I wonder if I was going to have to hedge my bets and I can't take the sleep one, I might go 50-50 or 40-60 on the anxiety base and the, the recovery fitness side. You know, and, and again, that goes back to there's not necessarily a one size fits all. There's, right. you know, we, we all have laundry list of, you know, issues and challenges that we're dealing with every day. And so to pick one or two of them and to try and at least get that into a comfortable place and then say, all right, now I'll tackle the beast of sleep or whatever it is, is it's a challenge. Yeah, it's a going. So Eric, for those who are interested in trying your products, getting in touch, where can they reach you and where can they learn more? Yeah, thanks a lot. So we have a website. Uh, it's www.purewisdomfoods with an S.com. Uh, you could also go to Pure Wisdom CBD and it reroutes you there. There is uh, a total full service e commerce platform. We have smaller size blister packs that you can, you know, try these things for under 10 bucks. It's before you, you know, have to spend a little bit more to get in and, you know, kind of get a full size bottle. You can also send an email to info at purewisdomfoods.com. Just share with us what you're looking for. And, you know, again, we're pretty customer centric. We will respond quickly and we'll get you some stuff to try out. And hopefully it's a good fit for you. I think it will be. Thanks so much for your time, Eric. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Really enjoyed it. Keep up the good work. Uh, listen, with the monthly playbook and the podcast, and hopefully I'm back another time and we can pick it back up. Love it. Yeah. Uh, sounds good. All right. Happy holidays. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.